Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of My First Season. I never had the pleasure of working with my next guest, but I did hear his name quite often mentioned throughout my Club Med career. He had quite the Club Med upbringing in a way before he ever set foot in a village. He was born in New York, grew up in the UK till he was 18 years old, has Swedish nationality, and has been living in Mallorca now for the last 20 years. He went to London, England for Christmas in 1989 and was walking by the Club Med office in the freezing rain when he saw a picture in the window of the beautiful beach scene with a scuba diver and he walked right in and asked if there were any openings. There were openings and the rest is history. His first season was in Club Med Turks and Caicos in 1989 as a scuba geo. He had his first dive when he was 10 years old and became a scuba instructor at 18 years old. His rather long, amazing name is Nick Stahl von Holstein, but you probably know him better by another name. Everyone, please help me give a warm my first season welcome to the one and only Winnie. Hey, Winnie, how are you this morning, sir? Excellent, Greg. Great to be here and uh, great to have a chat about uh, good old times. Well, I should say it's morning for me, but probably afternoon for you because you are in the beautiful country of Spain, right? That's correct. Yeah, we're just cracking the afternoon here. I'm going to try and not feel bad for you because you're in Mallorca and I'm in Montreal, but you know, that's what it is, right? You seem to have it all figured out. I, 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 when I left Club Med, I went, you know what? I want to see snow again. And you were like, nah, I'm good, Greg. I'm going to go to Mallorca. Okay. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a sunbird all the way. So uh, yeah, as I mentioned, I've been hearing your name, you know, 10 years in Club Med, I always heard the name Winnie, you know, and I'm sure it was uh, John Paul Morales that was telling me about you because I did, you know, like two and a half years with John Paul. So it's nice to finally meet the one and only Winnie. And uh, well, yeah, if you can take me back in time a bit, I, I am, I do want to talk about your, you know, where you went to school and all that. Uh, but, you know, I guess like it was that, would you call that trip to London, England, where you saw the Clement office very fortuitous? I mean, did you, did you ever think that, was that the first time you saw a Clement? I had, I had uh, to be honest, yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in the UK and I, I came back from having left UK at 18. I went to university in the US, in Rhode Island, and I studied marine biology. And then uh, I, I drove across the States after I graduated and ended up in San, San Francisco. And then I, I jumped on a, a catamaran and sailed to Hawaii, spent a season in Hawaii doing some diving instructing, and then came back to the UK for... A Christmas visit, and uh, my my parents lived in in Knightsbridge in Kensington area, if you know London, and uh, that's where the Club Med office was in in London. So it was a cold and wintry day, beautiful, rainy, dark skies and freezing weather, in typical English weather. And uh, yes, as you said, I, I came across this beautiful beach scene at the Club Med office, and I, I walked in and I thought there was a scuba diver mannequin in the window <laughs> and i thought ah, them, them. and i'd never heard of club med before I, I had no idea but it just looked so welcoming and beautiful so i thought okay let's see whether these guys have got any jobs um so i walked in and and lo and behold there was a recruitment office there as well above the sort of the tourist booking office where you wanted to book holidays so they gave me an application i filled it out they said come back tomorrow do an interview which is all in French, which was quite interesting because my French was a bit rusty. But being a sort of European recruiter geo, French was pretty important in those days. So I stumbled through the interview. And uh, this was sort of um, 
early January, just after Christmas. So it was, you know, mid-season for most club med villages. And uh, they said to me, said, well, your qualifications look great. I think we can give you a job, but it'll probably be three or four months before we can place you. So I thought, oh, well, okay. So I walked away. And then that afternoon, the phone rang and they said, uh, we've got an opening and we need a scuba geo urgently. Uh, are you are you able to go in two days' time? And I said, well, yeah, where to? And they said, Turks, Turks and Caicos. And yeah, Turks, Turks. I thought, I, I had no idea. I thought they were talking about Turkey. And I thought, well, what's in Turkey? So I, I got the old Club Med magazine out and I found Turks and I discovered that was actually in the Caribbean. I thought, well, this is getting better and better. <laughs> So lo and behold, within, I think it was 36 hours of walking into the office, I was on a flight to Miami and then to Turks and uh, arriving mid-season. I think uh, some geo had, I don't know, had been fired or let go or whatever. Anyway, an opening came along. Lo and behold, all of a sudden I found myself flying over the Bahamas and, and arriving at Turks and Caicos. Okay, so that's, that's no, how it started. Okay, let's stop the story before you land, because I got a few questions to ask you. Okay, I'm going to back you up a bit. It was almost as if you were designed to be a geo because you graduated uh, university. Okay, you studied marine biology. So what are what are the odds that, you know, you became, you, you got certified in scuba so young, you know, you became an instructor at a young age. You graduate, you know, you graduate marine biology. So did you ever think you were going to be plunked into the ocean with a wild dolphin? And did you use this uh, university degree in marine biology with Jojo at all? Like, did you ever think this was um, going to happen? Well, I, I always hoped to end up in the ocean with a, with a, with uh, some dolphins and, and beautiful marine life. And yeah, Jojo was one of them. I, I studied marine biology because my favorite subject was biology and my biggest passion was scuba diving. So that just made a natural sense to... To, to put the two together. I didn't study with a career in mind, just with a passion of underwater. I was, Jacques Cousteau was a, a great influence to me as a young kid. And I thought his Calypso adventures were incredible. When I ended up, you know, doing work as a diving instructor, I used a lot of my marine biology knowledge in, in sort of educating people about the marine life that we were diving with. See, this is perfect. You're, you were made for Club Med. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the stars aligned at an early time, I think. <laughs> so I mentioned uh, Jean-Paul Morales, who probably told me about you. And I see that he was your scuba chief uh, that first season. Yes, he he was the man who welcomed me when I arrived. I arrived village village. So it wasn't a, a big arrival on a chart or anything like that. I arrived fairly discreetly. He welcomed me. Um, and I had my, my scuba bag and, and my clothes and, and the other, and he brought me up to the reception desk and I was immediately greeted by a beautiful blue eyed girl and her name was party hats. <laughs> wait, excuse me. Wait, that's, this was her nickname. This was her nickname. This was her club med name. I say, don't remember her say, real name. Now. Say again, say again, party hats. Okay. That, I've never I've never heard that one, and that's why well, I'm hearing party it. Well, party hat refers to. Well, I'll I'll let you figure that out. I think okay, of a pair yeah. of coconuts hanging from a tree. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're in Turks in '89, which is as good as it gets. Which brings, <laughs> me, brings me to my next question. Like, like me, did you not know that Turks was like a very big singles village? Because I, I didn't I, know. Did you know? 
no, I had no idea. I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't really have a concept of what Club Med was all about. I just thought I was going to be a diving instructor in a resort and I was going to be put up and fed. So I had no idea about, well, in the interviews, they talked about doing shows and other stuff like that, but I really, really didn't have a concept. So no, I, I had no idea what I was getting into and it was full baptism of fire. So what do you uh, what do you remember about that that first week? Do you remember a lot? Is it vivid? Yeah. So Jean Paul welcomed me. Of course, I'm arriving mid season. I'm white as as white can be. Everyone is black tan from already three months into a season. I show up at the scuba shack the next morning in my in my speedo, which is very European, very white, slightly out of shape. So I had a little bit of a paunch going on, and and ready to go. But I stuck out like a sore thumb straight away. And within within 24 hours, Jean-Paul already had a nickname for me because of the way I was presented, sort of very white, slightly tubby, out of shape. And he said, you know what you look like? You look like Winnie Lorson. Winnie Lorson. What the what? what? Lorson. And of course, that is French for Winnie the Pooh, as in Winnie the small bear or small boar. <laughs> And so he said, you look like Winnie Lawson. And I said, well, okay. And then, of course, a couple of the other guys heard me call that and the, the name was stuck. And before I knew it, I got a name tag and it said Winnie on it. Hey, I was I was hoping you earned this nickname because you like to eat a lot of honey at breakfast, but that, that was not the case, right? Not really, but it, it, uh, it turns out that I became very reputably known for giving hugs um, okay. to all manner of sorts in particular the GMs. Um, so I was a big hugger in Club Med. So Winnie went with, you know, Winnie the Winnie the Pooh, who liked to to give hugs to everyone. And eat honey, basically. And eat honey. Well, I did years later, I, well, we'll get to this, I, I eventually became Chief of Scuba. At the time, there was a, a movie that came out with Tom Cruise, and it was, it had a slogan in it called Show Me the Money. Yeah. Remember that movie? Oh, Show yeah. me the money. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Maguire. So I, I, I came out with a, a T-shirt for the scuba team called Show Me the Honey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, that opened all kinds of doors for all kinds of situations. Would you think when you're, uh, was your first encounter with uh, Jojo below the surface or on the surface? Do you remember? Geez, I don't know. I can't remember. I think he rocked up by the boat and he just rubbed himself up and down the anchor chain like he always loved to and... I mean, I had so many encounters with Jojo because I did two seasons in Turks. My first season was there, and that was just epic. And, you know, it, you know, probably a thousand stories about Jojo, but he was attracted to some people and not attracted to others. He'd, he'd annoy people he didn't like, and he would cuddle people he did like. There was something in your chemistry or behavior that either he liked or didn't like. And he, if he didn't like you, he'd mess with you. If he liked yeah. you, he'd just, you know, jump up and down around you joyfully. What else can you tell me about your, your first season before we, okay, well, we move go, on to so going Lucia. back to the first week. So, you know, there was a Kenton Smith was the chief of sports and he said, right, uh, Winnie, we need to get you in the shows and we need to get you on stage. So my second night there, I was recruited to uh, join one of the numbers for the lip sync contest. And it was um, crocodile rock with Elton John and Kiki D and that was Hammer and Julie who were playing Elton John and Kiki D and I was one of the crocodiles <laughs> so we had these crocodile suits these green felt hot 
custom made. There were four or five of us um, dressed up in crocodile suits. And, and our job was to be crocodiles around this this lip sync number. And uh, of course, the crocodiles got up to all kinds of mischief on stage. And we messed with those guys. So it was my first encounter with Hammer and Julie, who I did many seasons with afterwards. And uh, that was my, my baptism of uh, my first number on stage. And I've never forgotten that. <laughs> stayed with you huh <laughs> yeah 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 i tried to find some photos but i couldn't find any photos so there was that another thing i remember too is when i was uh, you know briefed about coming into club med i was told about the dress codes and we had you know these red and white teams and everything and there was also elegant night which was friday night always friday night back in those days and so i thought elegant night and, and elegant in in europe means you know black tie you know that's super elegant so i actually packed a full-on black tie bow tie cummerbund suspenders black shiny leather shoes ensemble for elegant night it turned out that we had our geo meeting the general geo meeting so i arrived like on a tuesday and now i'd been on stage i'd done a couple dives it was friday night first geo meeting and it was just before seven o'clock and happy hour time at the bar. So I, I put on this full on tuxedo. I'm looking pretty sharp, I think. And I show up in this geo meeting. And of course, I'm the only one wearing a black tie tuxedo. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, you know, everyone's, you know, there's some cat calls going on. The girls are going on, you know, the boys and, and you know, everyone's sort of in, in maybe a tie maybe a jacket the girls always looked very good but it was it was semi-casual it wasn't like a <laughs> full-on monty black tie and the chief of village who was a french chief of village and to this day i still can't remember his name we've been trying to remember it but he said well i'd like to welcome our newly arrived geo in the village winnie and i got a standing ovation from 80 geos for my black tie number <laughs> And then let me guess what happened. So you're in your tuxedo, it's sweltering hot outside, and the chief of village decides to play La Bonne Franquette for like 20 minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention some names and you tell me what season this is. Okay, Winnie? Yeah, Cause, go because for it. This, this sounds like quite the, quite the season that you had. Okay, so you got John Paul Morales as scuba chief. Your chief of village is Pierre Garnier. Hansel Moss, the great Hansel Moss, is your chief of sports. Angie Boucher was there. Hammer was there. Jenner was there. Red was there. Cheese, Sparrow, Dave the Wave, Dano, Scott Richmond. What season am I talking about? St. Lucia, 1990, my second season. That's uh, quite, the, uh, quite the amount of talent you have there, my friend. I have to say, you know, if there's two or three seasons that you could pick out as your dream season, this was one of them. I think I had two and this was an epic season. I mean, what a rock star cast we had. Hammer at the time was Golf Geo. Angie was Aerobics Geo. They became epic chiefs of villages, of course. Hansel was there leading, le leading the charge. And yes, we had all these other Canucks and Canadians who were, you know, seasoned geos and knew all their stuff. And, and they had uh, great ideas to build these massive sets by the pool and do these shows by the pool. And, and we would build things in our spare time. So, yeah, we had just a brilliant team. And, of course, we had a scuba team, which was rock and roll scuba team as well. 
and uh, we, we Sean Lunt was the previous scuba chief, and then Jean Paul and Jean Paul basically brought half his scuba team from Turks to Saint Lucia. Um, so we were a tight posse on the scuba side of things. Those in the days too, when 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 you finished your season, you had a you could say which which was your one, two, or three pick for the next season, and if you did a good season, you would get your number one pick. So do you remember that? Oh yeah, I do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I heard John Paul was going, and everyone else was going there, and and so I said Saint Lucia. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that was easy, and it turned out to be what a season. I mean, wow, that was can my. You, can I ask you a quick question, yeah. Dave yeah. the Wave. Dave the Wave. What did he do? He was land sports, I think. Do you know why he was called that? Because I've heard this nickname over the years, but I don't know why he was called that. Do you anymore. know, you know, I don't remember actually. I did okay. that just that one season with him. Okay, and Dano, um, Dan, Dano was scuba, right? Dano was scuba. So Dano was in Turks with me in the first season. We came up together. We were roommates okay. in St. Lucia. And a great story about St. Lucia. Remember all the little geo houses that we had by the golf course? So they all had names. And I was in one called Kos, and we called it the House of Kos. And we stand, set up a, a, set, a, a, a daily five o'clock happy hour. Um, just before, just before the end of the, uh, at the end of the day, before we got going at seven o'clock, we had a ring toss set up there. We had the Heineken factory around the corner, so we always had a big igloo cooler full of beer and and rum. I still have that igloo cooler, by the way. <laughs> it's traveled the world with me ever since. And um, we used to gather at the house of Kos for barbecues, ring toss. Red was also there that season as well. We had uh, these gatherings there, which were were sort of the the central focal point of of when we had downtime. That few times when we had downtime, uh, in between bits and pieces throughout the day. So the house of Kos was a great memory for me. And uh, Dana was my roommate in the house of Kos. And how was uh, Hansel Moss as chief of sport? Ah, he was just brilliant. He was kicking everyone's butt all over the place. You know, he just his leadership. And his constant smile and his, you know, regular jab in the right arm to say, are you okay with everything? He was, he was just epic. And I just, I did another season with him later on. That was in Eleuthera. Um, he was also chief of sports there. But uh, he was, I mean, I think it was his leadership and his attitude and his way of doing things was one of the key elements that made that that season a dream season you know the kind of season where all the guests would get on the bus at the end of the holiday and people would be crying with joy and happiness and emotion we all were because they just had the most epic week of their life nice very nice yeah yeah, uh, yeah. i would i like to jump to your season in cancun so they send you back to a singles village because you your scuba chief was my scuba chief my first season uh lisa henson yeah. So you arrive in Cancun, the winter of 1990-1991, correct? Yeah. So that was my third season after St. Lucia. Again, quite a few of the gang came from, I think it was about 20, 25 of the team came from St. Lucia to Cancun. So Hammer, Jenner, Cheese, all those guys, Red, we carried on working together. And yeah, Lisa was, was there as chief of scuba. You know, so she was my <laughs> first chief and I was first season. So she was my first boss. I remember like she was tough, but fair, you know, like 
you didn't mess with Lisa Henson, put it that way, right? Like she, yeah, absolutely, she really captained the ship. But I remember when she left, and she wasn't uh, like a you know a touchy feely, huggy type person. You know, she liked you. She liked you. So, but when she was when she went to leave, I was at her departure, and all of a sudden I start choking up. I'm like, oh my god, don't cry, Greg, don't cry. What are you doing? And I didn't know why <laughs> I was choking up either. Okay, <laughs> maybe it's because she was my first boss and she was leaving, and I liked her. But but she was fine. She was like because she, she was seasons. She was to her it was just another departure, uh, going to another village. But I was like almost a blubbering mess, and I had to catch myself <laughs> from crying. Yeah. At, well, at her she, she ran with her. She ran the team with a, a tight ship, as you said, and a, a firm rule of hand. I think, you know, because in those days, the majority of the scuba instructors were, were all guys. There weren't too many female scuba instructors. So, you know, she had all these, you know, virile, A-type personality, good-looking, of course, all the scuba demons, because, you know, the, the best-looking guys in the village, of course, <laughs> around her. So she she had to, you know, rule with a firm hand because... Otherwise, she would have been overrun and, and no one could overrun Lisa. So she was brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, Lisa, if you're listening to this, I miss you. And I almost cried at your departure, but you never knew it till now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love also, you, Lisa, too. I miss you, too. <laughs> also, you had uh, you you worked with someone that was on this show, uh, Mr. Grant Simmons, who was yes. uh, sailing chief, right? And uh, also Scotty De Palma was there, I believe. Yeah, yeah. De Palma, I did several seasons with him. I think he was... Also in Turks and possibly Saint Lucia beforehand. He, I mean, he jumped from windsurfing to circus geo to land sports, and he was just you know, the MacGyver of sports, really. Tall, good-looking fella, great guy, uh, epic character too. So he was, he was there as well. Gosh. Now, well, was um, was were you and Grant Simmons the only like UK geos there? Or so were there, more? there were only two other geos that I came across who were from the UK that worked in the Caribbean and that Grant was one and um, the other one was a guy who was called Roast Beef obviously okay. the French called him Roast Beef and okay, that was wait. a guy called okay, do wait, you remember because, him? No, no, but I have to get to this nickname because uh, another guest mentioned Roast Beef and he didn't know how he got the nickname so do you know how he got the nickname Roast well, Beef? Well, yeah, so Roast oh, Beef thank, was his real God. name was Dominic Green ah, okay. and he was a water ski geo brilliant water ski geo and the French Call like we call the frog the the French frogs, right? Yes. And the French call the English roast beef because we eat roast beef. So oh. it's a, it's a common French nickname for English people. Okay, okay. I'm so glad it's not what I was thinking. Okay, okay. I, I, did, I did. I did. I didn't <laughs> I know. What you're thinking, Greg. I did. I'm not going to say on air, but okay. But thank you. No, no. That's uh, you cleared up the mystery because this has come so, up a few times on my first. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he and he he was he'd been around for a few seasons. So those are the, you know, those are the only other two English origin geos that I came across. Because being a European geo recruited out of Europe, I was very lucky. All my seasons were in the Caribbean because of my scuba job. I never did a season in Europe. Um, so most of any English geos would would have probably been in Europe. So um, there were only a couple of us that made it out that far, and I was I was pretty lucky. Of course. Well, the Americans love the English accent too. So that was very helpful as well. All right, Whitney. And after this amazing season in Cancun, you head back to St. Lucia, winter 92, 93, with a very special friend of mine named Cowboy. So what were your first impressions of Cowboy? Was he as crazy then as when I met him in 94? Oh man, Cowboy, Cowboy, Cowboy. What an epic character. 
again, Dano was chief of scuba now. He was chief of scuba that season. He'd been promoted. That was his first season scuba chief. We also had on the team Hollywood. Oh, um, yes. yes, that was that season Cowboy talked about, right? Yeah. So Hollywood is there. We had Terry, who's a, a French guy, gorgeous, fit, strong French chap. Um, we also had Gary Kulisak, who was boat captain slash diving instructor, an epic diver, slightly older than all of us. Um, I don't know whether you've heard of Gary. He did quite a few seasons. And then we had another uh, scuba instructor called Nick, who was also English, actually. That was, yeah, one other English guy showed up. And so, yeah, Cowboy was part of that epic crew, and that was really a fantastic scuba team. And we we had such a popular scuba program. I don't think there was ever an extra space on the boat all season long, both boats. You know, they would, we had two, two dive boats then, and uh, we were a very, very busy program. But Cowboy was just this enormous character, right off the bat with uh, this southern accent drawl you know i think he was from new york but he sounded like he was from south carolina (laughs) and uh you know uh perennially with a with a cocktail in hand whenever we weren't diving which was either a beer or rum or or something and just full of tales and stories Uh, he would show up at the house of costs at five o'clock every day and uh, play some ring toss and and just, he was just a storyteller. He had a yarn, a tale about everything, endless, and, and a joke. He was a good, he was a good uh, joke teller as well. He just, one of those guys who can tell jokes really, really well. I'd cross the line of where we're allowed to cross the line if I embellish too many stories about Cowboy. No, no, just, just, he, just appropriate stories of Cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, well, exactly. There's not many appropriate stories yeah, I've got about which, Cowboy. Which, which, yeah, which he would, he, would love to, he would get a kick out of hearing that because uh, he, he struggled. I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah, I'm well, struggling. no, 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 that's fine. No, you basically, you like, basically, you, you liked him, right? Okay. Yeah, he was, okay. uh, I mean, I loved Cowboy. I mean, we all loved Cowboy. He I want to just I want to jump to Playa uh, unless you have a, a St. Lucia story or can we jump to Playa now? Because uh, yeah, no Playa, yeah, Playa okay. was off. Yeah. So did you like Playa as much as we all did? Did you like uh, that season? I mean, the funny thing about Playa is they didn't really have a scuba program. They had they didn't have a boat, but um, we did sort of dives right off the of the pier there so it wasn't brilliant diving and we did open water courses we did the paddy courses so we didn't have a great dive program the village was just epic and uh, this village we had what was it fernandez de la rosa uh, manu fernandez de la rosa was the chief of village hammer was now chief of animation that's right christy was the chief of sports i can't remember her last name now you had jenner <laughs> cheese red yeah, jenner uh, cheese red two things from that season we had okay we built this, and this was Red's idea. We built this massive, full-size wrestling ring, oh, and yes. we would do the WWF wrestling events. And Red was, of course, Hulk Hogan, and Jenna was Rowdy Roddy Piper or something like that. I think I was the referee because I was just a little guy, you know, being tossed around the ring as well. But it was—I mean, it was a full-on WWF show that we did by the pools so there was that dance area by the disco yeah. um, there was a big area right there and it was i mean a life-size proper wwf ring and they did some amazing stunts and stuff like that 
We also had a thing which was generated where was we had this chant called In the Pool. And after every show, there was the crazy signs and there was before we moved from there over to the bar and the disco, someone was always selected from the audience to go in the pool. And 600 people would be shouting in the pool, in the pool. So it's full on peer pressure. <laughs> and someone ended up in the pool every night. And that was something unique to that season. Well, yeah, and you didn't have to check them for cell phones in uh, 1993, right? So no, no, there was none of that. I mean, you could if they didn't want to go in, they they were they were helped in. Believe me. <laughs> yeah, yeah th- those um, people that those people that objected. I remember we would we would ease them into the water. We wouldn't throw them because they objected so much. We would just slowly dip them in. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was in the middle of nowhere, Playa. You know, this this three hour bus raid. We had the Marachi bands there, which were fantastic, and and just these tequila nights too. I mean, there was always a tequila theme. Still love my tequila. Playa Blanca was just a beautiful season. It wasn't a brilliant diving season, but um, I remember someone showed up that season for their very first season. That was LP. Oh yes, that's right. Because he and arrived, LP was he like arri- he arrived with um, Atlantis. He told me so. You you had Atlantis there, and he arrived on uh, the bus. With the oh, Atlantis yeah. people. <laughs> and and Hammer took him under his wing straight away and made him, I think he made him the animator. Yes. Or made yes. him do animator stuff. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. And I've got this photo of, I've got a photo somewhere of LP walking around the village with one of those leashes on a dog, but there isn't a dog, so it's like an invisible dog. Yeah. Uh, and he was the blind man as well. So he had an invisible dog as a blind man walking around the village and he'd, you know, he'd walk into the pool and walk into trees and walk into the ocean. Absolutely hilarious. But Hammer took him under his wing and just said, right, do this, do this, do this. And, and LP just did it. And he was, he was brilliant. So that was LP's first season. And I think, yeah, there wasn't water ski there. We had kayaks and stuff. Like that. I, the other thing was the little kayak and the horseback ride down the beach to the Margarita bar. Remember yes. that? Oh, yeah, it was, a, it was an ah, amazing, was amazing time. I mean, fortunately, those horses knew how to make their way back on their own because there's yeah. no one, no, no way you could find your way back when, on your own. When, I, when I was there in uh, 97, <laughs> we had the margarita ride, the margarita walk, and the margarita kayak. So all three, yes, the kayaks. However, yeah, however you wanted to go, you would go by those means. <laughs> yeah. we, had, uh, we had the occasional one, which was the nude kayak ride there and back okay Winnie why do all your stories involve nude we gotta we gotta find well, somewhere you're, where you're fully dressed Winnie come on man listen you, all these help, singles villages help there were out, a lot help, of help me out there here. was a lot there was a lot of nudity in these singles villages <laughs> what I didn't see well this was 93 so by my time 97 it was almost gone okay <laughs> yeah that's my, to that's a lesser my, event yeah that's my story and I'm sticking to it <laughs> All right, let's 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 move you on. Hopefully, from a from a, a nudity free season. Oops, nope. I see you're in Martinique, the summer of '93. Damn it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, any appropriate stories from Martinique? <laughs> uh, Martinique. If, if not, Martinique. we can jump. We can jump to Turks because I see you you land right into another dreams, <laughs> a dream team uh, scenario in Turks. But if you have uh, <laughs> an, an anecdote or interesting, well, fun, I mean, fun fact when, about when I. So when I when I was in Playa, that was my promotion. I, I became chief of scuba then. I'd just done a little stint in between. Now, now in wait, between... Winnie, did you, did you, wait, Winnie, did you ask to be chief or they just promoted you? 
they just promoted me. Oh, and, okay. But I was keen. I was keen to. So, in fact, going back a bit, after St. Lucia, I did a stint in, in Eleuthera and then went to Playa. And I was chief in Eleuthera. Then that was my first chief season. Then I went to Playa. And then, so these were sort of small scuba programs to be broken in as a chief. And then I went back to St. Lucia. So Playa Blanca. So after Playa Martinique. So I was chief in Martinique. Great diving there. Pastis. I remember a lot of pastis was drunk then. It wasn't rum. It was just Ricard. And we had someone, Abdul, I think was the chief of village. I'm a bit blurry about Martinique. Um, I was... um, I well, think they was, say, well, you know what? They say if you could remember Martinique, you were never really there, right? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> so um, good on you. Yeah, <laughs> I had a great room right by the scuba shack and opposite the big tower. Yes. Um, Tool and, the pool. Um, yeah. And uh, the, the nightclub down at the end on the beach was brilliant. It's just. Well, that's okay. We, um, we, can, we can jump to Turks because I'm, I'm more interested in your. your uh, all right. Can we? Turks. Okay, so let's talk this Turk season, summer 90, uh, 97, because this is an important event that happened. You have Kevin Batt as chief of village. So we're, is this where uh, Hammer gets married? Is this this season? Yeah. So I'd, I'd actually taken a year out between seasons. I'd, I'd actually stopped uh, after Martinique. I took a year off Club Med and I actually worked in the Cayman Islands for a little bit. And then I heard about Hammer's wedding uh, he contacted me and he said, come come over for the wedding. You're only in the Cayman Islands. Come on over. You know, all the gang were there, Red, of course, and so forth, Jenner. Um, so I actually came in, it was April, for their wedding, and I was snorkeling with Red. So we were the, the Speedo boys on the on the snorkeling and picnic team. So you can imagine Red leading the picnics and and doing all the snorkeling. And those were, you know, epic, alcoholic um, adventures. And after two weeks, I was supposed to leave. And then Hammer said, look, we've we've got a a new season starting. We've got a scuba position opening up. You want to stay? And I didn't have to think twice, really. So I ended up staying. And that was, I, I would say, probably dream team number two or dream season number two we're with kevin and hammer leading leading the charge hansel was there as photographer well he came yeah he came to shoot the the wedding of of uh, hammer and uh, yeah. you also worked with a friend of mine who i did my chief of sports stage with flower who flower yeah. uh olivier sanchez who uh hopefully he's still chief of village in cancun by the time this airs but yeah i know he's you know, in the month of February, he's still the chief of village. In, in, uh, yeah, he is. He, so he was chief of scuba. Um, so, yeah, I did a great season with Flower. He was a funny fellow. I stay in touch with Flower, too. And, uh, you know, he's, he's still kicking around in the club. It's incredible. So, yeah, he was, you know, still in his early chief of scuba days then. I have, and, and Kevin Batt, he got a black, small black pig, which became a geo and part of the team as well. But I have one one uh, epic um, story and memory from okay, from this season. But let's be careful now, okay, Winnie? So avoid all th- things of nudity uh, no, and this names. Is, this okay. is, this okay. is properly okay. above board. Properly oh, okay. Board. All right, you got so, one. All right, let's hear it. And unusually, it's an above board story about Red. Red had for many years this amazing, long, flowing red hair. Yeah? 
Well, yes. Can, and, I, can, I, can I just say, yes, that's what I always heard. But when I met him, he wasn't that way. So I was confused. Mm -hmm. Okay, go on. Sorry. Yeah, no. So up until 97, in his years that I worked with him, and I did quite a few seasons with him, he always had this long red hair, which made him the Hulk Hogan and WWF and all these other things. And so we were, it was 10 minutes to seven. It was time to go to the bar. And it was Liars Club. You know, the little, the, the Liars Club game that we, yes. you know, the little bar games that we played. And Red and I were, were, we had rooms right next to each other. We just had a little happy hour. We were primed to go to Liars Club at seven o'clock. And at 10 to seven, he said to Winnie, 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 I need you to cut my hair. I said, what, what do you mean, cut my hair? And he brings out this electric razor. He said, I want you to shave all my hair off, right? Uh, all really? of it. Yikes. And I had, I had 10 minutes to do this. Wait, did, you, like, did you ask him why? I, I think I did, but you know, there just wasn't time to think about it because we were in a rush. Okay. I said, "Are you are you sure? Are oh you? I mean, come on, this is like Hercules. We're gonna are we gonna you're gonna lose all your strength? Yes. So he said, "No, no, no, do it." So I'd never operated one of these things, so I didn't really know how to use an electric sort of shaver or hair razor or whatever like that. So he gave me this thing, and I just went and attacked him with this thing and you know i i didn't do a very good job because at, at some point i actually i actually cut him so he had a couple you know slashes where there was blood breeding i didn't get all the hair either there was the odd tuft still poking out when i was done with him he looked like frankenstein <laughs> he was bleeding from the skull he had tufts of hair we had no more time he said screw it we got to go so we show up at the bar and, and we go to Lions Club and there he is bleeding from the head and, and looking like, what, what the hell happened? And since that day, he always, he never grew his hair back. He always kept it completely shaved. So I was the guy who shaved Red's hair and he never grew it back again. So I, and that's, that's my... Okay, wait, hold, hold up a second. Contribution sec. this, to Red's club mid career. This is so strange because I used to have long blonde hair like Red, and there is that moment where, you know, when you tell people you're going to cut it, they're like, no, no, no. But when I decided to do mine, I never would occur to give razors to a guy named Winnie to do it. Like, this is <laughs> this is insane. Like, what was, okay, I'm going to have to ask him what he what he was thinking because. <laughs> I, you, I, you know, I, we'd have to go back and ask him, what, what was he thinking? And, yeah. we, we just had an hour worth of cocktails. Well, maybe. in my room where I had okay. the blender going and we had margaritas okay. going. So we were feeling All right. fine. Well, maybe you just answered my question. Um, yeah, because <laughs> I was so sober when I cut my, but but I didn't give razors to a guy named Winnie. I, some hairdresser <laughs> took scissors and made Shouldn't it really, do that. Nice, really nice. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's, uh, that's part of history right there, people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's my claim. I think when I look back at it now, I think red and I did, I think I did. I think Red was in more seasons than any other geo that I worked with. I think out of my 11 or 12 seasons, he was there for 70% of them. So <laughs> he was always around and one of my best pals. Such an epic dude. Now, speaking of epic, looks like you, you, you go to another epic season. So you go to Cancun <laughs> from Turks and here, here you have Kevin Bat, Hammer, CDB Promotion and Oreo Stern, all three of these guys in one oh, place. Yeah. Absolutely. Yikes. So chief of scuba there. So having come back into the club, having been a year out and, and sort of been assistant scuba under flower, 
Kevin said, I'm going to Cancun next. Come to Cancun and be my chief of scuba there. So I said, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, hammer there. And then, of course, Oreo. Oreo had a room right next to me down by the pool. When there were geo rooms down by the pool, not by the the little the little shacks up by the scuba shack, but we had some awesome geo rooms right by the beach there. They're now GM rooms. And Oreo and I were were sharing one of these complexes together. So Oreo showed up. And yeah, a hammer just starting to be promoted to chief of village. So again, Jenna there making his palm tree hats. He used to get these palm trees. He learned that in St. Lucia from one of the locals. He used to get these palm fronds and make these fantastic hats out of them. Um, and he'd sit on the corner two times a week by the bar with a bunch of palm fronds and make hats for everyone. And uh, another single season. Another scuba season. I mean, most of the scuba programs, fortunate for me, were all in the big singles villages, with the exception of St. Lucia. So each of them were big party seasons. And Cancun, that was the days when we would have the buses on Thursday night that went to Daddio's. And we would take three pack buses of GMs and GOs out to Daddio's. I think this was Kevin Batts' initiative. Um, and we had a VIP section in Daddio's biggest nightclub in Cancun and we would dominate that with you know three or four hundred people showing up every Thursday do you remember do you remember any of that uh yeah when I was there in Cancun they were still doing that in um, yeah. 2000, 2004 yeah yeah <laughs> so that was epic and and we would take over that club and then roll on out the rest of the night and that was almost difficult Friday morning because that was a long long night Thursday night um, and then we had to be ready for a big night Friday night because that was a finale. Everyone was leaving Friday night as well. And uh, again, we would do these. We would do these shows in the in the in the disco, um, the late night shows, the cabaret shows, and of course we had the male striptease show as well. We had to, uh, you know, Ch- remember Chip- the Chippendale. Yeah, we had yeah. the Chippendale numbers which you do, which were extremely risque. And close to nudity, but not full nudity, but damn close. And that was very popular evening with the ladies. <laughs> and they, they, they had, I remember they had this um, tequila shot run, which went from, from the main bar to the disco. And as you walked from one to the other, there was like five tables where everyone needed to do a shot at each table as you arrived to the disco it was only there must, 15 meters there must have been a, a lot of shot dumping there by table oh. four by table four okay <laughs> because you know it wasn't when they were giving the tequila away it wasn't actually the most quality tequila was it It was that white whatever yeah. but it did the job by the time everyone hit the nightclub they were absolutely lubricated and the club was going off so ah, like cancun i mean that was yeah that was my second time there and other great memories from there were the scuba trips out to cozumel and the cenotes the, the diving that we had. So once every couple of weeks, each of us scuba geos got to take a trip out to Cozumel for the day or or to the Cenotes and epic diving there too. So I had also an amazing marine life experience there in Cancun that season. It was Christmas Day and I just taught a family of six to do the Club Med scuba course they'd done it over the four days and christmas day was the final day where they could do their first dive and we went out for a dive and we got surrounded by a school of dolphins i mean a big school of dolphins and that's very rare underwater 
with scuba gear on, making a lot of noise. And they surrounded us, and there was this mother and calf that broke off from the pack and came within two meters of us and swam with us for about five minutes and then broke off. You could hear them singing underwater, the dolphin song and sound. And it was, mate, it was spiritual. It was epic, emotional. And we came out after the dive, and I said to this family, and it was their first ever dive, and it was a grandmother, two parents, and grandkids, I mean, three generations. And I said, do you have any idea how rare that experience is? You will never experience that again on any, any dive you've ever done. And it was, it, it was only our group in the water that encountered them. There were other groups there, but they didn't see the dolphins. And it was the story of the week in the club. And what a Christmas Day present. Wow. Well, Christmas, uh, mir- Christmas miracle indeed. Christmas miracle. And it was, I mean, wow, beautiful. Isla Mujeres, I remember quite well, was, was good fun. I mean, every, every element with Cancun was just hilarious fun. There was, there was also there was the tequila boat ride as well. There was the happy hour tequila boat ride that went through the lagoon from the pool. Remember that? Yes, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, again. <laughs> all right well, i don't I, I, I do i do want to move on uh from Cancun okay, go ahead. You, yeah. you, like, you like mexico so much you go to sonora bay summer of yeah. 1998 which happens to be hammer's first season as chief of village correct yeah that's right we all went from cancun so hammer said right come with me to sonora be my chief of uh, scuba there big scuba program to seals and everything and again jenner hammer Red. Scott the Palmer, Red, Boone. Now Boone was beginning to show up, uh, I think, in these 97, 96, uh, 96. I think that, that was Boone's first season, I believe, because I know Sonora Might Day have been his first was, season. Yeah, after, with Hammer. You know, another epic dude who joined the, joined the club and did quite a few good seasons. So he showed up, and he was water ski. Uh, LP was there, I believe. I can't remember who chief of animation was now. Uh, uh, chief of scuba was Eric. Chief, of, sorry, chief of sports was Eric. Eric Turner. Eric Turner. Turner. Yeah, Eric Turner. So that was his first season of chief of sports, and that's where he met his lovely wife Erica, who you know they they're still married with. I think four or five kids now. Amazing. She was a boutique geo, a local Mexican geo, and. They met that season and they, they got married pretty soon after, I think. So there's one of those beautiful club med love stories. And then um, it's just a beautiful village. The diving was epic with the seals out at Seal Island. That was a special experience, another beautiful marine life experience. And just the whole village was just brilliant. The, the stage was great. And Hammer's season, again, he just put together an awesome team and it was another one of those seasons where people would be getting on the bus after their week and they would just be tearful of what a gr- an emotional, brilliant week they'd had with everyone. We had a, 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 a real sense of magic was created by that team uh, for the GMs. Now, let's get into the one village where we almost met, okay? Because in summer mm-hmm. of 99, you're in Columbus Isle, one of my favorite yep. places in the world, but I, I arrived only around October of 99. So this was actually the one time where we might have crossed, but uh, but what I had got there, John Paul was already the scuba chief. So I guess he replaced you as outgoing yeah. scuba chief, correct? Yeah, yeah. I did a year in Columbus. 
So after Snorri did a year chief of scuba in Columbus, yeah, J- John Paul came and replaced me, and then I did another season in St. Lucia after that. So I think we probably missed each other by weeks, Greg. And I never forget sitting in that scuba office, looking down the dock and seeing the two, the bat ray and the, oh, that's one, right. the two ray boats. And I, I, I remember sitting that time and looking down at my view from, from the office and said, I will never have a more epic office than this with this view. And it's true. I've never had a, a better office than that. You're probably thinking, I'm never going to be able to remove that collapsible dock for a hurricane ever again either. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was such a clever idea. Yeah, uh, about time, right? Someone figured out, you know what? These things are always getting destroyed by hurricanes. Why don't we make it collapsible? And we'll we'll yeah, walk the, pl- we'll walk the planks. Come in. Yeah, we and you had to pull them all up and everything. Yeah, that was, and you had, that to, was and you had to put them, uh, you had to put the planks behind the sea center. So I can't count That's how many right. times I did that in my <laughs> two, and a, two and a half years in Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to, to shift those things quite a few times when the weather came in. But I mean, talk about epic. I mean, Turks and Columbus probably the top two scuba well, sure, for destinations diving, right? for actual diving. Yeah. I mean, St. Lucia was epic too, but I mean, you, these two were just, they were epic. epic did you see epic. a lot of uh, hammerheads when you were diving in Columbus? Did, yeah. Um, did, uh, especially when we did some, well, we did some personal dives with, with instructors. And then that's when you saw schools of hammerhead coming through. But they would, you know, they would pop up from that depth as well. But I mean, it was 50 meter viz there. Was, was and, Telephone Pole one of the dive sites there? Yeah, um, yeah, oh, absolutely, okay. yeah. Okay. I mean, there were must have been 50 dive sites there. You could come there for three weeks and dive every day and not repeat a dive site. Yeah, and I heard, like, because I did Columbus so many times that John, John Paul was the reason there's iguanas on Columbus Isle because there weren't. <laughs> he, he would go to, I can't remember the island, just it wasn't that far away, and he would grab some and, and bring them there. And I remember one time he told me he went into Coburn Town, because he wanted a chicken, right? Because I think he grew up on a farm. He loved animals. And he walked up to a lady because he saw a chicken in her yard. He says, can I have that chicken? And she laughed at him like, if you can catch it, it's yours. Thinking, you know, who is this guy? And he quickly like snapped it up like Rocky did at the end of when Rocky finally could catch the chicken. And he and he walked away and he left. And she's like, huh? So, so yeah, there were chicken and roosters around the sea center when I was oh, there. Yeah. So, so I don't know if absolutely. you recall, recall it. Yeah, no, yet. absolutely. There were chickens and iguanas all over the place. And, yeah. and when John Paul was there, when we, we switched around, there was, you know, this chicken with five little chicks following yes. it. Yeah, would he would follow he would him inc- around. Yeah, and he would incubate. He had an incubator. He made his own incubator. <laughs> <laughs> he had these chickens following him around everywhere. Yeah, they were they, like, you know, it was, it, was, it was their dad. It was they imprint, hilarious. They, they imprinted. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine they're still there. Or at least the descendants of them are. Yes, um, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was his his little his little touch for for Columbus. Yeah. He he had chickens everywhere. He had chickens in Turks. He had chickens in Saint Lucia. You know, he, he... <laughs> That's right. And um... Um, speed. By the way, uh, Jean Paul was, of course, we all know him as the Speedo King. With the smallest speedo possible. Yeah, but he he had um, the body to he had the body to pull it off. He, he had those, did. He like did. blue, he blue, did. blue, blue eyes. And you know, after after Cowboy, to me, he's one of the most hilarious, uh, you know, eccentric guys there is because he <laughs> he was he always made me laugh. Even on stage when we were supposed to be serious, he just he just knew when to zero in on me and make me crack up just with a look, wow. you know. So I could never keep a straight face. And then I got yelled at by the choreographer or whoever, you know. 
<laughs> he did some great stuff on stage. Um, yeah, his uh, his uh, what's the, you know the slow motion one to Chariots of Fire? Uh, I think it's yeah. called. The, oh my God! I would love oh, to, to be. I would beg to be in this number just to oh. see what he was going to do. <laughs> Freddie Mercury. He did Freddie Mercury. Oh as well. yeah, 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 perfectly. And, and what was that French one when, when they're you know they're oh, I've forgotten the name of the song when. Can even hear the song in my head. Well, what what was the gist of the skit? When when they're washing, there's an old woman washing clothes, and there's this elegant French singer smoking a cigarette, and he's oh. singing a song to her. Yes. Oh, yeah. You're he's right. His I... wife or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and eventually, you know, he gets completely abused by the woman, and Jean Paul was the woman. So he had this rag in a big wet bucket. He was soaking this guy. Eventually, he puts him in the bucket. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a classic I, French number. Yeah, I can't remember and, the name of the song, but yeah, I've seen. And the other one when there's there's the three guys when there's another French number when That's there's okay. three. I don't know. No, no, no problem. He did. Yeah. He did. He did. He was very very good on stage. He was very funny. Figaro. He did yes. a few good numbers. My favorite number on stage after all the years, was was the Blues Brothers. I ended up doing the Blues Brothers in quite a few seasons, and I was Jake. And, you know, that was always an epic lip-sync number, um, which is very popular. That was, yeah, that was my number one number that I enjoyed doing. Okay. And then from Columbus, uh, Winnie, you go to St. Lucia one last time, 99-2000, because I believe this is your last season in Club Med, correct? Yeah, that's right. So my last and final season was my third visit to St. Lucia and uh, after Columbus and uh, chief of uh, chief of scuba there one more time. A mixed bag of scuba teams, some new guys coming in, some old guys. By now, a lot of the guys that I'd worked with um, in the early years, they, they weren't around anymore. So there was a new wave of scuba faces coming in and... Uh, you know, at, at that point, someone had said to me, do you want to be chief of sports now? And I thought, I'm I'm not sure. And I, I was just quite happy being chief of scuba. That was that was my specialty. Um, and uh, I, I never got to that phase where it went to the next round as well. But St. Lucia was that third season. It was my final swan song in very familiar village. And, and again, just the diving program there was great. We ended up doing these scuba barbecues, which were fantastic there as well. So we had uh, on Thursday evening, we did a, a scuba barbecue for all the people who were scuba diving. And, and uh, that was a lot of fun. And that was just to cap off everything after the sports awards and stuff like that. We didn't um, have big construction. Again, it was a very busy season. I can't remember too many other characters. Well, there I, from that I, have a, I have a question because you spent yeah. y, Y2K there. Do you have any Y2K memories? Were people in a panic that were flying out the next day? Was there any people in the office suggestion freaking out? Because well, it was know, all a bit, it was all a bit of an anticlimax. Eh? Yeah, you know, it was exactly. all like, you know, the Which, end of the world's coming. We all had this big new year's party and everything was normal the next day. Yeah, as one, um, of your, so, uh, one of your countrymen might say it was much ado about nothing. Correct. Absolutely. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, everyone was like, had no idea what, what might or might not happen. And then, it, and then nothing happened at all. And it was like, uh, okay, carry on. Um, and welcome to the new millennium. And we had a big, obviously a big new year celebration and, and a big party. And we used to do events there in the pool. Um, and there were uh, always the scuba team were in the pool because we had to contribute to 
some of the performance because someone would end up in the pool and stay in the pool. So we had to be there to get them and give them an octopus so that they could stay in the water. And and so there was these the pool in St. Lucia, the bar area, was an epic place to do shows and and events and stuff like that. So there, I remember we did quite a few things. We did an Indiana Jones event there. We had the go-karts. Oh, the go-karts in St. Lucia. So I remember that season. I was I arrived and it was a, a scuba geo uh, a scuba geo leaving, and they said I'm I've got to give you pass on the key to the shack of the go karts because this goes from one scuba team to the next. Um, so we had an extra key. <laughs> so we can, we we would sneak down there at midnight and and get in there and we would all get all the go karts on and tear around the track and when i left i duly passed on the key to another scuba geo so the scuba team uh, went up we had some mischief with the go-karts um but <laughs> we we set up a track around the pool as well uh, as one kind of formula one event or something like that and we all had drivers they had we had the the main drivers at the time so we all had the characters and we, we built this course around the pool and over the pool and yeah, the go-karts were great fun. That was brilliant. That was, I think that was the only village I had go-karts. Okay. I have two last questions for you. Whitney. Yeah. We did mention a lot of names already, so I didn't want to leave anyone out like that you enjoyed working with. Cause we did mention cheese, Jed, redder, uh, cheese, red, Jenner, Fred, you know, I mean, we mentioned a lot of people, so I didn't want to uh, let you go unless there's someone else you wanted to mention. Um, uh, but we did mention a lot. I mean, a lot of people already, but did you want to shout out anyone else or, but cause we did. I mean, you lot. know, so many, so many legends, really so many legends. I mean, I have to say, you know, Hammer and Julie uh, remain great friends and, and they were, I did many seasons with them and Hammer always had this great little expression when he saw me, uh, because, you know, English and everything, he says, ah, oh, there you are. He always used to say to me, I remember remember that. And we were always big fans of the late night burger bar um, by the disco or something. Like that. There was also that snack bar and the burgers. And we would often meet at the burger bar at one in the morning and he would come up, ah, there you are. So I, I know we would always meet, meet at that point of the day. Um, at some point for some final sustenance to a long, long, long day. So, you know, uh, great memories from Hammer. And, uh, and of course, all those, all those Canucks, the Jenners, the Cheeses, the Sparrows, the Reds. And, and you know, like I said, I think I did more seasons with Red than anyone. I mean, there's such a long list of names, but those are the ones that really stand out to me. Jean-Paul, of course, uh, and Flower. I, I'm blessed. Um, I was very lucky to work with uh, at an epic time in club med in the 90s i think with epic individuals who who each and every one of them will have their own taken story from their time um and i think we all did quite a few seasons um so you know throughout the 90s that was my run 89 to 2000 and uh man i don't know how we did it you know and then you had two weeks off to basically sleep at home for two weeks and then start all over again. I mean, the Geo family, the Soul family, I hope to make the next reunion. I think there's one in 2024. Yes. Um, I did one of the reunions. I think it was the second one in Cancun, probably about 10 years ago now. But um, I'd love to 
get back out there. And this one goes out to Angie. So Angie and I have this epic uh, backgammon competition between us. We, we used to play a lot of backgammon. And in, in the last reunion, uh, we played uh, just this incredibly long match, which, which ended up, uh, I, I won like four matches in a row. It was best of five. She came all the way back. And then she won it on the final one. And there was a big crowd around us. So, Angie, this one's to you. I look forward to hopefully the next reunion and seeing a lot of you other guys. And backgammon, you're on, baby. Well, we cannot end it any better than that. So, Winnie, I would really want to thank you so, so much for uh, sharing your story with us here today and taking the time to tell us. And, uh, man, it was so nice to meet the legend. <laughs> well, thanks so much, and from one legend to another, Greg. And uh, in my own, uh, in my own mind. <laughs> uh, well, absolutely, and uh, hopefully, um, hopefully, you'll be at that there that reunion too, and we finally can uh, sit at the bar and share a tequila and a beer together. I am going to do my best to make it, sir. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I love what you're doing with this, uh, Greg. It's amazing because it allows us all to share our memories and and. Uh, think back on the time so keep it keep it up mate and um massive kudos to you will do sir everyone that was the famous uh, winnie uh, from uk now living in beautiful mallorca and we will see you all next week say bye winnie cheerio guys <laughs>